WTBN Pinellas Park, W262CP Bayonet Point. Brought to you by Moss Nissan. Simply portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Although the Bible doesn't set an exact amount for us to give, it does give us the guideline that generous giving is always sacrificial giving. It ought to cost you something. Now, this certainly doesn't mean that you should neglect your family. Paul said if you do that, you're worse than an infidel. Don't give money in the church and then you don't have enough money to to feed your family. That's nonsense. My friend Peter once got a letter from one of those high-pressure, money-oriented TV evangelists saying that he heard it directly from God that if my friend would send him $1,000, God would bless my friend with $10,000. Peter had a few extra minutes, so he sent back a reply. He said, It sounds to me like you need the money a lot more than I do. How about if you send me the $1,000 so that you can get the $10,000 blessing from the Lord? You know, there are some evil shysters out there preying on kind-hearted people. We all need to be on guard against them. On the other hand, though, the Bible makes it clear that sacrificial giving is the only kind of giving that really demonstrates our gratitude for what Jesus has given for us. This is Verse by Verse. Welcome. Pastor Steve Kreloff is our teacher on these daily Bible classes of the air and is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We're moving along through an in-depth examination of the nature of the church. Pastor Steve teaches expositorily, or a verse at a time, and when he came to the dialogue between Jesus and Peter in Matthew 16, it was time to pause and really focus on what Jesus was talking about when he introduced the whole concept of church. So for the past few weeks, we've explored a variety of passages that fill in some of the blanks. For one thing, we considered what Jesus meant when he said, Upon this rock, I will build my church. Well, what is that rock? And how does he build it? How does he govern it? And lately, we've been looking at how he finances it. In 2 Corinthians 8, verses 3 and 4, Paul said, For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. Paul was referring to the believers in Macedonia who lived in some pretty severe poverty. Why would they, and how could they, be so generous that Paul would hold them up to the wealthy but stingy Corinthians as examples of godly generosity? Well, the short answer is grace. Here's Pastor Steve to tell us more. Now, the main gist, let me give you the big picture here, and then we'll look at the details, but the main gist of these two verses is that when the Macedonians gave, what they gave, they gave because they wanted to give, and not because anyone put pressure on them to give. Therefore, as we go through these verses, we need to be thinking about this, Not only about how they, being so poor, could be so generous, but how each of us can follow their example. Because Paul's going to give us principles that guided the Macedonians in their giving. And that's very important to know because the 10% rule should, should not be your guide. These are the principles that should be your guide. First of all, Paul tells us that they gave, notice this, according to their ability. Meaning that what they gave they could afford. It wasn't beyond them only. It started off where they gave according to their ability. In other words, they gave within their means. 
Now, this is a rather significant statement because it tells us that, that giving is always in proportion to how much you have. How much you have. In other words, if you make a small amount of money, then give in proportion to that small amount of money. And you're going to give less money than somebody who makes more. But if God blesses you by giving you the ability to make more money, then give in proportion to that amount. Then what you give increases. It's in proportion to what you make. That is precisely the point that we looked at when Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16 two, give as God has prospered you. With some, God has prospered more. He prospers more than others. But in whatever way he's prospered you, give in proportion to that. You see, the New Testament doesn't give any command concerning the precise amount or percentage to give. But it leaves the percentage of what you give up to you to determine. Now, you can choose to give 10% if you want. There's no command that says you can't. But I will say this, that a heart of generosity is not stuck on 10%, which I might add, 10% would be considered in our day and age a very cheap and ungrateful tip to give a waitress, let alone our God who we claim to love, adore, worship, who we say is the most important one in the world. Some of us are given a very poor tip, if at all, to him. Now, without telling us a specific percentage of our income to give, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 simply says to give as we have purposed in our hearts. In other words, give what you have chosen and determined to give. But how do you choose and determine what to give? If not the 10% rule, as some people think, well, what should help us in determining how much to give? Well, Paul gives a second principle here. Second principle of what guided the Macedonians in their giving. Not only, notice, not only did they give according to their ability, but notice that Paul says that they gave beyond their ability. Started with their ability, then they gave beyond their ability, meaning that in light of their poor economic situation, they gave above and beyond the normal expectation of anyone in their situation. That is to say, the Christians from these churches of Macedonia gave sacrificially. It cost them dearly to give away their money. That's the point. That, folks, is the principle that ought to guide all of us in giving, in determining how much of our money to give in support of the ministry of our church. You see, although the Bible doesn't set an exact amount for us to give, it does give us the guideline that generous giving is always sacrificial giving. It ought to cost you something. Now, this certainly doesn't mean that you should, in giving, you should neglect your family. Paul said, if you do that, you're worse than an infidel. Don't don't give money in the church and then you don't have have enough money to, to feed your family. That's nonsense. Nor should you give in such a sacrificial way that you can't pay your bills. That's called a poor testimony. That's horrible. But it does mean that your giving should take you out of your comfort zone so that it should cause some deprivation on your part. It ought to cost you something. In other words, to give generously should result in you having to give up something that you'd like for yourself. That's what it means to give sacrificially. You sacrifice something for the sake of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to be very careful at this point, to not be misunderstood because there have been some Christians who have taken this principle of sacrifice too far. 
to the point of cleaning out their life savings to support some ministry. And why? Because some spiritual guru with a charismatic and forceful personality exploited them by putting pressure on them to give to his cause and his organization. He just took advantage. That's horrible. I remember reading years ago about one leader who said, if I don't raise, and he gave some exorbitant amount of money, then God's going to kill me. And I thought, good. He ought to do that out of discipline to, to take advantage of people like that. That's a horrible thing to do. He actually said, God told me. I mean, that was the lie to begin with. And then to prey upon people and their resources like that, you ought to be taken out of here and do things like that to people. But listen, that's not all Paul is talking about. And that, that certainly wasn't true in the case of the Macedonians. He wasn't talking about putting any pressure on them. He wasn't talking about him appealing to them. Paul wasn't like that. Notice what he says about their giving at the end of verse 3. He says, they gave of their own accord, meaning that they chose to give voluntarily. No one coerced them into giving. Paul didn't plead with them. Paul didn't write them fundraising letters. Paul didn't lay a guilt trip on them. They didn't have to give out of obligation. Paul didn't send them pictures of these poor Christians at Jerusalem with tears running down their eyes. Nothing, none of that. Paul didn't beg and plead with these folks to give. In fact, just the opposite was true. They begged Paul to take their money. How refreshing. Look at verse 4. He says, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. You realize what he's saying? What this verse tells us? As incredible as this sounds... He's telling us that these poor Macedonians actually had to plead with him to take their money. How amazing. Apparently, at first, Paul did not want to take their money. And we can understand that. They were so poor, he probably thought of taking a collection for them. But these people were begging him and urging him to let them participate in this collection. And eventually, Paul said, all right, yes. But why were they so insistent on wanting to give their money to these poor saints at Jerusalem? Well, Paul goes on to tell us why they begged him for this opportunity to give. Verse 4 says, begging us with much urging. Now notice this, for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. Now what does he mean by this? This is very important. And this, I might add, has the potential to radically transform your approach to giving. So pay close attention. The word that is translated favor is actually the Greek word for grace, for grace. And it means showing someone undeserved kindness in the sense of doing them a favor. That's why it would be translated this way. That's grace, a favor. Now what this tells us, folks, is that the reason the Macedonians begged Paul to allow them to participate in the support of the believers in Jerusalem was because they viewed giving, note this, as an opportunity to bestow grace and kindness on these Jewish believers. In other words, they saw giving as a privilege and an opportunity for them to bless others. See, they recognized that, that God had been so gracious in blessing them, they wanted to be gracious in blessing others. Now, that's the way each of us needs to see giving. Yes, it is worshiping the Lord, but it is also blessing others. 
It's not something we ought to feel obligated and pressured into doing like, oh, it's Sunday, so I guess I have to give after all the pastor's been speaking about this. No, we don't want you to give that way. God doesn't want you to give that way. Listen, generous giving, it is a biblical command, so it's not an option. It ought to be obeyed, but it ought to be obeyed with joy and delight. Not not like it's a, a chore that you have to do, not like it's necessary, but that you want to do it. It's important for us, I believe, to understand that just like the Macedonians who saw their giving as a blessing, you need to see your giving as a, as a blessing each week at Lakeside. What you give supports the many ministries that this church is involved in. Ministries that not only bless you and your families and your loved ones and your friends, blesses all others. People in the, second, in the first service that you don't ever see. It blesses others. For example, what you give keeps this building in shape and utilities paid so that we can meet here on Sundays and study the word of God. What you give supports missionaries around the globe who are spreading the gospel and discipling believers. What you give allows us to buy materials to educate our children and young people and even adults especially in in ministries like the counseling ministry. What you give goes towards helping the poor in our congregation. What you give supports the pastoral staff so that we don't have to find other jobs to sustain our families, which would keep us from, from laboring in the word and doctrine. And there are many, many other blessings, far too numerous for me to even mention today that, that come out of blessing others in your giving at Lakeside. Listen, you don't want to be a a hitchhiker. A hitchhiker expects a free ride. You don't want to be that. You you get all the blessings, but you don't have to give anything. You are giving in in support of, of this ministry as a blessing for others as a blessing for others. So understand that, that giving is never something that you, you should ever feel obligated to do, like, as I said, some burdensome but necessary task. It's something you should be eager to do, something you should delight in doing. That's why Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Because it allows you the wonderful opportunity to serve others, some who you never will see in this lifetime, by blessing them. That's the way a generous heart sees giving, never by human coercion or pressure. But how did the Macedonians come to this point in their lives? How did they come to this point where they were so free to be generous even though they were so poor themselves? Well, Paul reveals this in a very critical final characteristic of a generous church, which brings this all together. Their giving is always motivated by grace. Generosity rises above circumstances, and their giving is always free from any human pressure. They give because they want to give to bless others. But the fourth characteristic of a generous church is that their giving is always an expression of their devotion to Jesus Christ. Notice verse five. And this, not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. These words explain why the Macedonians gave so freely and so generously. Paul says it because they first gave themselves to the Lord. That's an incredibly important statement. It's really the key to their whole generosity. The key to their generosity was that their lives had been offered first to God in surrender and total dedication. That's the key to our generosity as well. You see, when your life is surrendered to Jesus Christ, then everything you have, including 
your money is surrendered to him too. It's actually his money. It's only on loan to us. It's surrendered to him too. So if you're having trouble being generous with others, then you need to reevaluate your relationship with Christ. How committed are you to him? How, how dedicated, devoted are you to him? Have you totally surrendered your life to him? I've learned over the years as, as pastor that, um, that people in the congregation, those who are committed to Christ, will give and will give generously. Others will not. I've learned that in, in spite of these uh, two weeks that we've been looking at this, that if a person's heart is, uh, is closed and they're not growing spiritually, I'm talking about those who claim to know Christ, they're, they're not going to give no matter what anyone says. I understand that. I understand that if the Lord Jesus appeared here in the, in the flesh and said, I command you to give, they're still not giving. I understand that. Because those who give... Give because they have open hearts to Christ. Because they're, they're in a healthy, growing relationship with him. That's why at Lakeside, we, we don't harp. I, I never, in fact, I rarely ever speak about giving. Rarely do I ever speak about giving. I say that for the sake of especially visitors here for the first time. I think, oh, another message about giving. In fact, in the early service, uh, two visitors left just as I was getting into this. Didn't even give the opportunity to hear about this. They probably thought, oh, another Another message about giving, but I rarely ever talk about giving because I I don't think that that's the right thing to do. I think the thing to do is to equip people, teach them the word of God. As they grow in grace, they will give. They will give. But what I want you to understand there is that there are some at Lakeside who do have open hearts to giving. They just have never been taught this. There are so many who are new in the Christian life, new to our church. I want them to understand this. I understand that if your hearts are closed to the Lord, this will mean nothing to you. But those who have given their lives to Christ will, in response to his word, give generously. But notice something else Paul says about the devotion of the Macedonians. It's easy to overlook this, but it's very important. Notice he adds at the end of verse 5, he says, they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then notice this, folks, and to us by the will of God. That's a very significant statement because it tells us that in giving themselves to the Lord, these Macedonians also submitted themselves to the leadership of the Apostle Paul and those who ministered along with him. And that's why they were so eager to give Paul their money for the saints at Jerusalem because their attitude was if Paul, as our God-appointed leader says that this collection for Jerusalem is important, then we're going to submit to him. Here, Paul, take our money. When you go to Jerusalem, give it to them as a blessing. See, when you are dedicated to Christ, then you don't have your pet projects and agendas that you give to bypassing the general fund of a church. You submit to the leaders. You submit to the elders of the church who said, look, we have prayerfully prepared this budget and your giving goes to meet these needs. But there are some who have uh, other thoughts where they say, no, I want to give to this ministry and I have this pet project and I'm not going to give to the general fund. I think that's in violation of this very uh, principle that Paul is talking about here. Instead, you ought to trust the Lord to work through your elders in money matters pertaining to the church. That doesn't mean you can't give to certain projects. It should always be over and above what you normally give through the, uh, the budget of the church. Now, what should be your response 
to these truths about generous giving. First of all, everyone here needs to consider, do I really know the Lord? If you're not generous with others, you need to examine yourself. Is it because you have never experienced God's generosity in salvation? If that's the case, then you need to repent today and turn to Christ and be converted. Trust that his death on on the cross was on behalf of your sins and trust him to be your Lord and Savior. The power of the cross for forgiveness. Secondly, if you are a Christian and you have not been generous in giving, then you need to start. You need to determine with your family what you're going to do. As Paul said, purpose in your heart. Determine what you're going to give and then start doing that. That's a discipline that comes out of a right response to the word of God. And if you are, I would say thirdly, if you are a Christian and you have not been generous in giving, then you still also need to evaluate your relationship with him. Then surrender yourself to him as a living sacrifice, Paul said. Give him your all. Let's bow for prayer. I do want to also, as our our hearts are quiet before the Lord, I want to commend and thank all of you who are generous. I, I never know specifically who is and who isn't generous in our church, but I, I know that there are many who are very, very generous. And I want to commend you for that, for, for being so obedient to the word of God. But for those who haven't been, you need to respond to what scripture says. If Jesus is your Lord, then obey him in this area. We all need to evaluate ourselves from time to time about our relationship with Christ. If If generosity seems like a foreign concept to you, then I tell you, examine yourself, whether you be in the faith, because you ought to know what generosity is all about if you've experienced salvation, because our God has been so generous with us. Let's be generous with others. Let's think about our giving as worship to him, but a blessing to others. Don't don't be a hitchhiker. You give to bless, and you'll be blessed as well. Father, thank you for the power of your word to change hearts. I pray, Lord, for those, especially those new to our church who have never heard anything quite like this from 2 Corinthians 8. I I pray that they would be uh, so responsive to the truth. I pray for those, Lord, who are unresponsive, that you will deal in their hearts and bring them to the point of... uh, of salvation and a right relationship with you. And Lord, I thank you for those in our congregation who over the years have been so generous and so liberal in their giving. May, may we, Lord, follow the example of the Macedonians and may we give, Lord, with the attitude of blessing others. We thank you that you've raised up Lakeside to be a blessing to so many people. May that continue for your glory and your honor. We pray this in Christ's precious name. Amen. Amen. What an amazing example those Macedonians set for us with their attitude. That even in their poverty, they would beg for the opportunity to help others in their time of need. You've been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been serving since 1981 in that role, and we at Verse by Verse are excited to be able to share with you his practical Bible lessons. Today's broadcast is the conclusion of a three-part message, which is itself part of a series of messages about the nature of the church. If you'd like, you can ask for a free CD with the entire message by calling Lakeside at 727-239-0306. 
Ask for message 4227, The Nature of the Church, Part 7. That number again is 727-239-0306. And here's another free offer, but this one is for our visually impaired listeners. If you have a digital talking book player from the Library Service of the Blind and you'd like to have a free audio Bible for your digital player, call 800-838-5924 or visit www.blindbibles.com. As we wrap up this segment, which is about the financial nature of the church, let me just remind you that we are extremely grateful for those generous listeners who give beyond their regular church giving to help us keep these programs on the air. Thank you very much. And if maybe the Lord is impressing upon you the idea of becoming one of our supporters, then go to versebyverseradio.org. Click on the giving link, and you should find all the information there that you need. That's also the place to go to browse our extensive library of previous broadcasts, versebyverseradio.org. And now for Pastor Steve, this is Jerry Peterson, hoping you can join us again for the next Verse by Verse. We'll be moving on to another aspect of the nature of the church. You're probably aware that attendance in most churches seems to be on the decline, and an alarming number of them 